0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Psalm 73, 28. But as for me, it is good to be near God. Who would agree with that? As for me, it's good to be near I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds, God. I'll tell everybody about all that you've done. James 4 and 8 says, come near to God. He will come near to you. Cut, cut, hastily run. Come near to God. Instead of waiting for God to come on the scene, why don't we show up? Instead of waiting for God to do His thing, why don't we show You know what? God's done His thing. God's done His thing. God's not going to send any more healing that's not already here in this earth, any more deliverance that's not already here in this earth, any more power than that's already here in this earth. It's already a done deal. But if we'll come near to Him, you know why things don't happen? We don't come near to Him. Building your relationship with God and with the people of God is a very important element in living for God. Building a relationship with God. And building a relationship with God's people. It's a very important element if you're going to live for God. Often we come to church and we enjoy great worship. We enjoy a great sermon. But without a connection to God and without a connection to His people, we are severely stunted in our growth. And we're severely stunted in the potential that is in God's kingdom. The potential already lies here. It's already waiting. It's in the new norm. But if we don't keep a connection here and here, then it severely stunts what God has already done. Why are close relationships so important? Why is that? Relationship with God, relationship. Why is it important that we do this? It's because those relationships provide a place or context to apply biblical truth, number one. We do this and this and this and this to apply biblical truth into our lives. You see, a lot of people enjoy being islands, but no man is an island unto himself. It just doesn't exist. We we have to understand something. Biblical truth is promoted when we get together. Biblical truth is promoted when we get together. It promotes unity in the body. When we, when we have connection, now listen, this is not connection. This is not relationship. This is Sunday service. This is where all of us that have been connected and have relationship come together and speak of the glory of God. That, that's what this is really about. We have ideas about what Sunday service is about. And, and by and large, we've westernized it pretty well. We've got it down to a T. Well, I'm just about out of gas and Sunday morning's here. I can fill back up. And then we never connect back again with a gas station until we just about out of gas and next Sunday we pull up to the gas station. <clears throat> I had to drive to Houston this week for a funeral. My aunt passed away. And so... Uh, you know, uh, my truck, you know how trucks are, their gas mileage is different than you know. The, and so I figured out I can get all the way down there and almost home on one tank of gas. Okay. Almost home on one tank of gas. You got to get to the gas station when the and listen. I'm one of those guys. My dad taught me that if it gets below a quarter, you're in trouble because now, now your fuel pump's getting hot in your tank. There's more reason the gas in your car than just to get it to go. It's doing things to, to help the gas pump and keep it cool so that it doesn't overheat. And you know why I know that? Hmm, Because I had to pay 1,500 dollars to have my fuel pump replaced. So you know what I'm going to do? Half full. Half full all the time. Listen, if we could approach our relationships that way, to at least stay half full all the time, that connection, this relationship connection thing, it, it, it brings emotional and spiritual needs to a meeting place. A lot of times we meet one another's needs and we don't even realize it. It's the design of the kingdom. When we talk and pray and, and excite one another and talk about what God's done for us and those things, it meets emotional and spiritual needs. And you have both. God doesn't intend for you to have all spiritual needs met but none emotional. God wants to meet your emotional needs as well. To keep you stable and balanced. And when we meet together, that's what happens. If you're, if you're just waiting for God to talk through me to you, and next week wait for God to talk through me to you, you're in trouble. Because God wants to talk to you through others, your spouse, your children, your friends, your neighbor, whoever. God wants to do that. That's why we have to have that connection. And us connecting together, not here, but staying connected with God and with one another brings this powerful move of evangelism. It brings a powerful move. You know what happens when a party's going on? People show up. Now, I was one of those guys, if I was driving around, and I didn't even know the people, I didn't care. If there was a party going on, I'm going to find out what this is. You know, sometimes you got in and you got out pretty quick. Yeah, Sometimes three days later, you woke up and, minute, where have I been? Man, it'd be good if we got connected that way. You know, people, believe it or not, when you connect together during the week, And things are said and done. There are people outside that want to meet that party. There are those out there that see that going on. And they want to, man, why is there a car at their house every week, twice a week? What's going on there? Maybe I need to call the police. There are all kind of reasonings in people. But they understand something's going on. Connection draws people. You find in Scripture most often that Jesus ministered in small groups. Have you ever noticed that? We know. I'm going to talk about this. Say with me, Jesus ministered in small groups. He did it for a reason. Intimate situations provide a connection opportunity. You you better connect with people when the crowd is intimate or small than you do that. Then it's a large one. Any of y'all used to go to the conferences? Uh, yeah, I got to be careful not say things over. The big conferences that we used to have every year, <clears throat> you didn't go there to see everybody. You went there to see so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. Nobody else really mattered. If you came across somebody that you knew, that you had been in church with, whatever, that's fine. But you, you really went to these conferences to meet somebody that you went to church with over there, or, you know, we haven't seen each other in years because you moved over here, but, man, we're coming to this conference. But when you get into an intimate relationship with there's a small group, you get to know everybody. You get to know everybody. Jesus did that most of the time. It gave those people a chance to get to know Jesus better. It was easier for them to know Jesus in the smaller crowd than in the larger crowd. They, they had a quicker connection, and they were able to ask questions. You ever been in a crowd and you wanted to ask a question, but there were too many people and you just couldn't get there? It gave them a chance to know Jesus' disciples better. Not just Jesus, but those that were following him that believed. You can find six levels of relationship with Jesus Christ in Scripture. There are six levels of relationship with Jesus in Scripture. I'll go over them really quick. Each one offers a relationship opportunity in its given situation. Every one of them offers a relationship opportunity, a connection opportunity. The first one is the crowds. The crowds. Jesus drew some very impressive crowds. Sometimes upwards to 10,000 people would sit on hillsides and in pasture just to hear Jesus speak. This crowds represents the outermost association or relationship and a connection with Jesus Christ. The crowd connection. There's a crowd connection. Anybody here ever been to a concert, a rock concert? I used to go to them all the time. The crowd makes a connection with the band, and the band makes a connection with the crowd. But afterwards, if you have a special pass, you get to go backstage and you get to meet them personally. I can remember I've said this before. My, my uncle had a, uh, an automobile dealership at one time in Houston in, back in the '60s and '70s, and uh, he supplied the cars that would pick up particular stars that would go to the astrodome and play at the ra- rodeo they had every year. So at 14, I'm riding with my uncle, and I got to do this three nights, and man, you talk about exciting. So, so the first night was Charlie Pride. Anybody know who Charlie Pride is? Man. Country and Western, black country and Western singer, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Real friendly. Anybody ever met? Hi, I'm Glenn Campbell. I'm not going to say anything. I can't. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. The highlight of not being in the crowd that night was being in the car with Elvis Presley. And I was scared to death. My uncle's driving. I'm sitting on the, the front seat and Elvis is in the back and they're talking and I hadn't said a word. And he finally punches me in the back and he says, hey boy, don't you say anything? And I just... <laughs> you see, I had a connection. I had a relationship there that nobody in that crowd had. The crowd just represents, that crowd relationship with Jesus Christ represents that outer association. The crowd represents those who follow Jesus from a watching and listening perspective. You see, there, there, there is the crowd in church. They just come to watch and listen. That's their connection. That's their relationship. Not only to God, but to God's people. The problem with the crowd level is that the level of belief is very small. When you're in that crowd connection, you don't have the belief that others have. They haven't bought in enough into believing Jesus or to believe who He is. It holds back in that relationship. And there is a crowd mentality in every church. Even in a church our size, there's a crowd mentality. Watch and listen. The next level is called the 5,000 level. Lower the crowd down a little bit. The 5,000 represent those who follow Jesus to the places of being fed and healed. There's a 5,000 level in church today. There's a connection that the 5,000 have with the church and with God. It's the the crowd that Jesus touched and helped. It's that crowd. This level of relationship is closer than the crowd's relationship, but it's a self-centered relationship. Why is that? It's based on what they can get out of Jesus. So so there's a crowd level, then there's a 5,000. There are groups that come to church so they can get what they need. They can get their food. They can get their healing. They can get all that, and then they can move on. That's the 5,000 level. If you look carefully in a church, you find two groups of people. Listen, just just you know, focus on here. If you look carefully in every church, you find two groups of people. Those who seek God for what he can do, and those who seek God for who he is. Those are the actual two crowds in the church. There are those that come because they're seeking God for what he can do. Either what he can do for me, or what he can do that I can see. Jesus said, shame on you that seek a sign. You, you want to see stuff. You, you, you want to watch something happen. Then there's a crowd that comes to, because they, they want to see who he is. When you first look at it, it doesn't seem that either one of these groups really raises a big issue. Because there are those that want to see, and there are those that want to be. But the problem arises when our only approach to God is what he can do for us. And that's what the five thousands about. What can you do for me? Church in America is set based upon what the church can offer people who come in. Does anybody disagree with that? What kind of Sunday school do you have? What kind of youth do you have? What kind of adult do you have? What kind of mid do you have? What do you have to offer the hungry? What do you what, 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 and that is the basis of church in America today, what Jesus can offer them. Well, no you're talking about the ch- who, who are we? We are the body. The head's not disconnected from the body. Whatever Jesus is offering is what we should be offering. Now, Jesus told us to do certain things, but He said don't relegate it to just that. That's part of what we do. But they need to find out who I am. The problem with... They want blessings without intimacy. Ma'am, I'm going to ask you first. How would you feel if all your husband wanted was the good things out of you, but not be connected to you? Don't, I, don't, I don't want the connection. I don't want the relationship. I just want all the good stuff. You do everything for me, and whatever I need, you take care of it. But, uh, you know, but ha, ha, sir, how would you like that? None of us would like that, would we? Jesus saying that's a two-way street. And yes we do help the poor and the sick. We do help those that are hungry. We do all those things. But that's not we're not the 5000 crowd. But yet in the church there's the 5000 crowd. The other group wants to be intimate and experience God. The the group that is in it for me just wants blessing. The group, the the group the group that wants to be intimate and experience who he is is the other opposite side. And there's that group. They want to spend time. Listen, the people that have an intimate relationship with God want to spend time with Him. When I was a kid, I had friends, just like you. There were certain friends I wanted to spend more time with than other friends. I had cousins. There were certain cousins I wanted to spend more time with. Grandparents. I had two sets of grandparents, and one of them I liked being over there more than the other one. The other one worked too much. This one fed and ate and had fun. The relationships were different. And it's those relationships and connections that you have that draw you. So understand this. The the 5,000 is the group that's in it. It's the WIFM. You all know what WIFM is? What's in it for me? That's a selling technique. The third group is the 70 to 72 group. That's not an age. It's the 70 to 72 group. It's a select group from the crowd that, well, you remember Jesus sent them out 70, 72? He selected out of the crowd 70 followers, 72 followers, because there wasn't 70, 72 disciples. Inner disciples. There was just the seventy followers. Okay, so so it's a select crowd that they want they want that wanted to participate in the ministry of Jesus Christ. There's a group called the 70 to 72 in church. They do want to participate in the ministry of Jesus Christ. They have they have left the level of observation and now they're ready for participation. They follow Jesus to places of working and serving. They see his mission and his purpose, and they're driven to be a part of it. This sounds a pretty good group, huh? want we'll to be actively involved. But the problem here is many can't find a deeper connection and relationship with the Lord out of sense of they want to do ministry their way, not His way. In other words, I want to work for God, but I want to work for God in this. My ABC, one, this is how I want to work for God. What God's calling to do, no, 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 no. I want to, this is my, and they're willing to work for God as long as it's within their perimeter. You ever done something for God that was outside of your perimeter? Have you ever done something for God that was outside of your feel-good? It didn't match your feeling? It didn't fit your style? Have any of you ever gone underneath a bridge where there's drunks and dog paddocks and prostitutes and ministered? That's way, hopefully that's way out of your feel-good. If it's not, we come with me. We'll pray today you ever done something in that arena? Okay, just there's a lot of arenas like that. And so that's what the 70 and 72 do. You know, but but they really don't. If I was to say church next week, we're gonna meet underneath the bridge down here, how many of us would be there? Don't answer that, but I'm just saying, oh, uh I planned on being an Aunt Jenny's next week. God bless you, I'll be praying for you. Do you know how often Pastor hears that? I wonder how often God hears it. Lord, I, I would I would minister there. I, I would tell somebody, but you know, uh, I, I've got a toothache and I've got to meet the, but I love you, Lord. I'll be praying for them. That's the 70-72 group. They just want a relationship on their own terms. It's it's directly linked to their commitment relationship. That's what that's the 70-72. It's directly, the other two really have no commitment. This this one has a commitment, but it's it's a design commitment designed on my will, not yours. Will I follow him wherever he leads, or will I serve him on my own terms and conditions? That's that great. Well y'all, y'all are awful quiet this morning. Then there's the twelve. Boy, now we're cutting it down, aren't we? We're getting close to where we're we're getting close to us, aren't we? <laughs> We're getting close to the group we're in, right? The 12. That's the close-knit group of men that hung out with Jesus. Of all the disciples Jesus had, which was thousands, there was a group that He selected, the 12. They hung out with Jesus every day. They talked to Him, ate with Him, slept with Him. uh, Every day they wanted to hear what He had to say and ask Him questions about what He said yesterday and why did you do this? That was that close-knit. The 12 are people who walk with Jesus to those places that he leads them, not where they want to go necessarily, but the 12 are those that will walk with Jesus where he leads them. They leave it all to follow him. That's what the 12 did. Think about it a second. The 12 left it all to follow him. Now now that group's feeling a little bit, mm, do I leave it all to follow Jesus? Have I left it all to follow Jesus? Am I 12 or maybe do I need to back up to the 70 and 72 for a minute? But even in this group, there's issues. You see, even in the twelve, there were commitment issues. Judas Judas had committed to Jesus. Judas, Judas had eaten with Jesus. He had slept where all of them slept. He had walked with them. He just didn't want to do life with Jesus. Jesus had a different agenda than Judas had. Judas had a political and military or militant idea that he thought ought to happen that was directly opposed to what Jesus said should happen. And there are people in the church that they're committed to Jesus, but their commitment is a militant commitment or it's directly opposed to what Jesus wants to do. Can you believe that? There are people in the church that are that way. The twelve. When it comes to it, they want to push Jesus' hand. They want to force Jesus' hand. That's what Judas was doing. He was trying to get Jesus to rise up the armies and let's Take over the Romans and let's set ourselves in power and we're all going to be standing on the forefront and everybody's going to have glow. All the Jews are going to give glowing reports to us and talk about how good and how powerful and how we stuck with it and how we did this because we took care of the Romans. That's what he was trying to get Jesus to do, to put the Romans in their place. Jesus said, that's not what we're here to do. You're spending time doing things that's going to cost you some, but it did cost him, didn't it? Not just 30 pieces of silver. And so even in the church, even in the 12, there are those that want to force the hand of Jesus. What does that mean? What, what are you talking about, Pastor Don? Jesus gave us a very easy plan to follow. It was very simple. Go ye. And that's it. Well, Lord, Lord, uh, you know, I don't really want to go today. Or I don't really want to go over there. Or I don't want to go to see them. And so we begin to, or you know what I would really like to do? Here's what I would really like to do today, Jesus. I would really like to go to Washington, D.C. And I would really like to go in front of all of our politicians. And I'd really like to tell them what I think. Not about you, just what I think. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. As Americans, we have rights. As Christians, we don't. I said it last week and I'm going to say it again because there's an infiltration of this idealism in Christianity that we as Christians have rights. Can you name one right you have as a Christian? I haven't paid any price. I haven't shed any blood. He's done it all for me. And so while I stand by my rights as an American citizen, I also stand by my non-rights as a Christian. And my non-rights as a Christian come before my rights as an American citizen. I know this is not popular, but let me tell you something. There's a spirit that's trying to divide this country. You don't think so? COVID virus, everybody's scared to death. Economy, everybody's scared to death. And so if that's not enough, now we got racial issues growing back up again. You ever notice that spirit just rises and falls, rises and falls, rises and falls. Y'all understand this is this is not a sickness issue. This is not an economic issue. It's not a race issue it's not a police issue it's not it's a spiritual issue it's a spiritual issue and this spirit has come into this country trying to divide us and if that spirit can get us divided no matter what our political economic or racial issue is it won't mean anything we're divided i for one don't want to be divided from any of you that that's Division is not in the camp of God. But the problem we're seeing even in the church today are those of the 12 that want to get in the midst of all this division business. The best thing you and I could do would be to get on our knees and pray. God, you've already solved this. Why aren't we walking in it? Show me where to walk in it, God. You've already, done, you've already given us the victory over this. Show me where it's at. Give me the wisdom to understand it and help me to have the strength to walk through it. Old Judas became a wolf, didn't he? He wanted to force his own vision rather than Jesus' vision. Jesus had a vision and a purpose. Judas had a vision and a purpose, and they weren't the same. Even though Jesus chose him, he was not 100% committed to the kingdom. He wasn't 100% committed to Jesus. He had the chance to develop a full, meaningful relationship. Can you imagine? You're right there with the Lord, and you see all of this happening, and you can develop this very powerful relationship. He had that opportunity. But he chose his own desire and dream over his opportunity. There are those in the t- So by now we've got to the twelve that let me can I narrow it down? Let's just get down to words. Then there came the three. You see, in the church, there's the crowds, and there's the, the five thousand, there's the twelve, then there's the three. There's the three. They saw, they heard, and they experienced most of what Jesus had said and done. The three. That inner circle. The three are those who chose to be closer to the Lord. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus loved the three more than the other disciples. But it shows us that they loved him more than the other disciples. That's why they were the inner circle. They chose to love Jesus. No, he didn't love them more. They loved him more than the other disciples. That's why they were in the inner circle. They followed him places in places of glory. They also followed him in places of suffering. But there's even a problem in the three. There's even an issue in the three. You see, two of them weren't found at the cross. Even out of the three, the inner circle, two of them had fear, and it got the best of them, and they didn't come to the cross. One of them denied him when the pressure was on. Just shortly before that was trying to kill, him, kill a man that was trying to arrest him. Peter wasn't a swordsman. He was a fisherman. He didn't slice off Malchus' ear to show him how good he was with a sword. He was trying to cut Malchus' head off. He just wasn't any good with a sword. And all he got was an ear. And Malchus, I'm sure, was glad of that. But I believe that had he cut his head off, Jesus would have said, Peter, and I believe Jesus would have just put his head back on. Oh, we can believe an ear. We can't believe a head, can we? The three. One denied him when the pressure's on, and the other one actually ran from the garden when Jesus was being arrested. And I believe it's in Mark that he ran naked. In other words, they tried to grab him, and he came out of his clothes to get away. He was willing to run through the streets of Jerusalem naked, not to be caught out of fear. The problem in the three is fear over faith. Even in church, we have those that have fear over faith. Only one would follow Jesus all of the way. We're down to the one. His name was John. He became the one. One person in Scripture rises up to be the closest. He's called the beloved. The beloved. He was next to Jesus at the Last Supper. He was at the cross when everybody else fled. He was given care to the mother of Jesus by Jesus. And he was given a great revelation. A great revelation. John was one of those guys that you would be called, you would call sold out. You ever met that person? Man. Chris Fluid, I hope you're listening to this because you are a sold out Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't get it. I'm not sold out to the Dolphins. No, no, no. I'll quit them in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm not sold out to them. There are people that are sold out. No matter what, the, uh, my dad was this way, and I have some of this in me, not all, but going down with a sinking ship. My dad would go down with us. He he was in it. You know what? If I'm with you, I'm with you. If the ship goes down, I'm going with you. And that's why John was with Jesus. No matter what happens to Jesus, I'm going with you. The one. Each one of the relationship levels that I've talked about today, they're a reality in the church world that we live in. Each level is also important and necessary in the church world. Y'all thought I was trying to get you down to a particular level, didn't you? Each level is very important in the church world. The crowd level, the the, 5,000 important, the the 12, the 3, the 1. Every level is important. But as you've probably noticed... Each level of closeness to the Lord was just an invitation to get closer. There was an invitation to the crowds to get closer to Jesus. That's where the 5,000 showed up, out of the crowds. There was an invitation in the 5,000 to get closer, and it went on and on. Jesus continually gave an invitation to get closer and closer and closer to Him, to a point of just you and Him being connected. That's very important for us. Jesus is constantly saying in Scripture, come on, take a next step. Can you move a little closer? You see, I thought I was close to God last week. And Jesus had come a little closer. I, I, You know, you ever felt like you were there? Like, you know, hey, I've got a pretty good relationship with God. You ever felt that way? All of you are doing this because you're all, you know, no, I might better not say that. You're doing what Pastor Don used to do quite a bit—denial. That's what we call it. Denial. We used to call it lying, but we call it denial today. Sure, we've all, you know, as a Christian, you feel like, man, I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Here I am. Yeah, I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible, and I'm really—and we feel that way. And Jesus is constantly saying, "Come a little closer." There's, there's, you see, there's a revelation. How many people in Scripture received the the revelation? There are those that touched it in the Old Testament. There were those that heard it as Jesus walked this earth. But there was one that received it. And you understand that God wants you to be closer. He wants to draw you closer today because there's a revelation He wants to give you. Well, I thought I knew it all. So did I. I Man, I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew what the Scripture said about this and about that. But there's more revelation to be given you. There's more revelation to be given you. Maybe it's about your own life. Maybe it's about what your connection is with God or with God's people. There's more revelation that we have to receive. There are things in Scripture that we don't understand yet. It's because they haven't been revealed. Some are going to be revealed in the end. There are some things that we've just begun to understand here recently, right? How many of you have been in church over 20 years? and you're just now receiving some new revelation, God bless you. Way to go. Because that's what it's about. No matter how long you've been in the church, you are here and designed to be in this church, to be in God's church, to receive. Because new revelation brings you closer to Jesus. See, we're all going to be surprised when we stand in front of Him. Everybody has their idea about the 30 minutes of silence in heaven. I think it's we're all going to be shocked at what it really is. Not heaven but Him. We all think we got Him on a T. And I don't think any of us are even close. I think we have an idea. We have some revelation. Jesus is saying, listen, I want to reveal to you a little more of me. You see, what I've learned is that in the revelation that God's been giving to me, it's caused me to put me more to the side and put Him more in the front. That's what I'm discovering. Each step requires a new level of commitment. Each level. If you're going to move from the crowd to the 5,000, there's a new commitment. 5,000 to the 12, new commitment. 12 to the 3, new commitment. 3 to the 1, new commitment. Each step, every time you get closer to Jesus, it's going to require a new commitment from you. When is the last time you had a new commitment? Because that tells the last time you got closer to Jesus. Jesus. For some of us here today, we need to move from the crowd level to the 5,000 level. Why can't I move from the crowd to the 12? Because that's not what it was in Scripture. It made its way down, level after level. Some people are here today. You're in the crowd level. You're observing and you're watching, and that's pretty much it. You need to move to the 5,000. Why is that? Because God's got something to give you. Jesus wants to give you something today. He wants to take care of a need for you today. It might be not be the need you think it is. It might not be the bread or the finances. It may be something very, very spiritual. Others here today, you need to move from the 5,000 to the 70-72 group. A, a, a little deeper, revel, you know, willing to do some things. You see, the crowd on the 5,000 are only willing to receive. But when you get to the 70-72, now they're willing to do some of us here today need to move into that 70-72. I'm willing to do. I'm willing to do. And there's sometimes some of us today that move, need to move from that crowd to the, to the disciple, the inner, the 12. To so that, that place where I'm walking with him every day. I'm, it's, it's ridiculous to believe the crowd is going to walk with Jesus every day. It's ridiculous to believe that the 5,000 are going to walk with Jesus every day. When they get their bread and they get their fill, they're going home. There are people that will leave the church today, this morning, no matter where you're at, no matter what church you're in, that when they get what they need and they get their fill, they're going to leave and go home. And they'll be back next week. It's ridiculous to believe they're going to walk with Him during the week. I'm not foolish enough to believe everybody in our church walks with Jesus every day. Oh, Pastor Don, you shouldn't have said that to me. Well, I didn't say it to you. Maybe you... Maybe you just revealed yourself to yourself. Or maybe God just revealed something to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the God's in the revelation business this morning. To reveal to you where you're at. What crowd are you in? Some of you need to move to the three. Man, not not only have you, not only are you willing. You can well, I don't want to go here and there, but now maybe it's time you've been going here and there, and you've been doing that thing, and not everything God calls you to do, because after all, there's some places you're not going to go, some people you're not going to talk to. It's just going to happen. I'm not foolish enough to believe, and God doesn't believe either. God doesn't get, get see you doing those things until you move to that next level, because then comes new revelation and new connection. This also has to do with the body of Jesus Christ, by the way. I've been talking about our relationship and connection to Him, but there's the crowd mentality in the body. There's the 5,000 mentality in the body. There's the 12, there's the three. Are we going to stay connected? After this is said and done, are you going to stay connected? Man, I heard a deal the other day, and the girl said, you know what, things must be really serious because my mom's praying because she'd never heard her pray before. Things are getting bad. So that's some people's connection to God. When it gets bad, i pray. When it gets good, oh, say la vie. Whatever. Jesus is saying today, come closer, come closer. The one that created all of this, the one that resides in you, the one that sits on the throne today, it's Him. He's saying, come a little closer this morning to everybody. Every one of you he's saying come a little closer. Getting closer to him though means you're going to spend a little more time with him. You ready you ready to move from the crowd to the five to the 12, to the 3, to the 1, get a little closer. It means spending more time with his people. Connection with him is connection with them. If if Look, they, y'all, y'all really need to pay attention to this. If there's no connection with them, there is no connection to him. You have missed it altogether. You have missed it altogether. Oh, but I can live for God and not have anybody. Oh, you're telling me you're the finger. I can cut you off the body and throw you away and you can live. Really? Really? Yeah, I know. I'm the heart, okay? I can cut you out of the body and you can live. Really? because you need the lungs to supply oxygen to you, the heart. No matter what part of the body is, you have to remain connected to the body in order to be connected to the head. When body functions start breaking down, you know what happens? The brain, the head, tells the body to go to the most important, influential pieces of your body and protect them first. Let the other parts die. Talk to a person that's been out and gotten frostbit. They'll tell you. You know what? All of a sudden, I couldn't feel my toes and my fingers. You know why? Oh, they were freezing to death. Well, they froze to death because the body said the heart and the lungs, all all those inner, those more. So the blood starts concentrating itself towards the inner part, the most important part. And so these die. We've got to stay connected. If you don't stay connected... Then we won't have this connection here. It, it, won't, it won't work, church. We, we have a new norm. We can't have a club mentality. I'm gonna say that again. We can't have a club mentality. You know what the club mentality is? We all play, we all pay dues to the club, and there are certain people in the club we hang out with. There's certain others we don't because they got their crowd. That's not the church. That's a club. club. Well, it can't be Club Jesus. He didn't have that kind of a club. Let's see. If it's not Club Jesus, it's Club... only other thing I think is Club Devil. That's the only one I can think of. we got to stay connected, church, with one another. Strength from God comes comes through you and comes through me strength strength for one another comes when we're together when the body is weak it's because there are some parts of the body that aren't performing with what they're you know what my body doesn't require i can do it but it doesn't require me that when my legs get tired i walk on my hands if i'm in the mall and my legs get tired i just walk on my hands through the mall My, my body doesn't require that I go sit down and let my legs rest, right? So, so there are requirements in body parts. But listen, my, legs also, my body also doesn't say, well, listen, because you don't need your hands to walk on when your legs get tired, you can leave your hands at home today. And it's the same thing with the body of Jesus Christ. We have to stay connected. Otherwise, then we become weak and feeble. If you look in Scripture, here's what you find about Jesus. He was more than just a messenger of doctrine. More than just a messenger of doctrine. He was a man of relationship. He was a man of experience. And he was a man that encountered. And he was showing us exactly what he wanted us to do. Be people of relationship. People of experience. People that encounter. And his message was constant. Everywhere he went, he said the same thing. Come. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. In Matthew 4, Jesus said, come. Follow me. Come a little closer. Matthew 11, Jesus said, come unto me. Come a little closer. In Mark 6, he said, come with me. Come a little closer. In John 7, he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Come a little closer. I'm going to ask you something. Do you, do you hear him calling this morning? Come a little closer. We kept Jude Friday night and most of yesterday, and uh, he loves to ride on my John Deere mower. Not We don't mow, we, we just ride all over the property, and he's having a blast. He loves it, he loves the excitement. When I go down, we've got a little hill that goes up and down like this. And when I go down, I say, ready, set, go. And we go all fast. You know how I got people do it? These are the crazy people that throw their hands up on a roller coaster. Well, he does that on my John Deere. He thinks he's on a roller coaster. He's throwing those hands up. He is having a blast. As we were riding around yesterday doing this, he was sitting in my lap. In the middle of all of this. As we were going, he just turned around and bent his backwards and looked at me with this huge smile and this love in his face, and he just kissed me. You know, he was loving being with Papa. Papa was giving him the ride of his life. I think Jesus deserves that. That in this ride that he's given us, and it's a ride, isn't it? Maybe we ought to just turn to him and draw a little closer today. Give him just a big old love eyes, those puppy dog love eyes, and a love smile and a love kiss. Not a look of the 5,000 crowd or not a look of the big crowd, not a look of the 12, not a look of the three, but how about a look of the one? That's what Jesus deserves because he wants you to draw closer. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. I'm convinced that there's more of God in us than we realize. There's more of God in us than we realized, Just like what Jude did to me yesterday, I think God not only loves that from us, He desires it from us. He doesn't demand it. He just desires it. He he wants us to just look at Him with nothing more than the eyes of love and say, can I come a little closer? If you've never had a Jude kiss, it's different than any kiss you'll ever have. and that's what god says about you. That's what god says about you this morning. Nobody has the kiss that you have for god. Yours is special. And he wants to draw close to you this morning. Do you see the need for us for being together more and more? I hope you do. That's a love kiss. That's a love kiss. I, I really, I'm really desiring his pastor, but not. You know, someone told me, "Man, you're about to worship in his pastor I've ever seen in my life." I don't worship his pastor ever. I worship as his son. He's my savior. Pastor's not involved in my worship at all. I worship him because what he's, what he, who he is to me, what he's done in my life that's why i worship him i think we're all that way i want that, i want to repent more i want to realize my mistakes more quickly in my life and turn away from those the closer i get to him i i i'm finding myself searching more re- reflecting more on god and what he's done praying more than i ever have just staying in that, that connection but i'm also finding this need and desire this this has been very troubling for me to not have church oh well pastor don you're the one that said don't have it listen i'm not going to tell you any reason other than i respect your feeling that that's why we did what we did we have respect for you but it's hard because i have a need to have a connection with all of you every single one of you have a special place and I have a need for that. And it's hard when you're not there. It's very difficult. And the funny thing about a pastor is you lay awake at night when everybody else is asleep and you're thinking about this one and that one and you're wondering about this one and how's this one. Y'all don't, some of y'all don't know and some of you are going to be thankful how many times at two or three o'clock in the morning I've wanted to call you and didn't do it. And I've wanted to call you early in the morning because God had put you on my heart. But I wanted to be respectful. Connecting with God and connecting with one another unleashes some of the most powerful things about God in your life. Staying connected to Him, and there are things in the body. Have you seen those stories where a man comes upon a wreck and there's a child and a woman's out and they, they're stuck, they're out, they can't get out and the car's burning? And the man literally rips the door off. This unnatural power, the adrenaline that flows. You understand what the Holy Ghost is? It's spiritual adrenaline. It's a power beyond your means and your understanding that God wants to operate in your life and mine. And He wants us to do it together. So I'm just asking you today I'm going to open these altars Be respectful If you can't, we'll we'll file around The altar goes all through this church Do you have a love kiss for Jesus this morning? Do you want to draw closer? God spoke to me so vividly With my little grandson So vividly That's all he wants from us That's all he wants. He knows if he has that love kiss, everything else just falls into place. Do you want to give Jesus a love kiss this morning? These altars are open. Just to come and say, you know what, Lord? I want to be a little closer to you. Just a little closer. Your commitment is just being a little closer this morning. That's all you're doing. I want to be a little closer to you. I want to find an intimacy. Intimacy understand something church when we speak of intimacy most people think of a sexual relationship in a marriage intimacy in a marriage at at the most the the sexual relationship is 10% of intimacy at the most it's really not 10% but at the most it is the other 90 are the hugs the love taps the winks the looks across the room picking up something when you know they needed it or wanted it and you just did it because it's all some people call this a love language whatever you want to call it that's what intimacy is it goes deeper than any action like the relationship we're talking about it goes deeper it knows when the other one hurts and here's the beauty of it that same relationship is what God desires for you and I to have we're his bride he wants us to have that with one another Understanding when we hurt. Understanding when we have need. Understanding when we're happy. All of those things. Lord Jesus, we just come to this altar this morning with a big love kiss this morning. We want to be closer to You. We want to be closer to You. We want to be the one as the body of Jesus Christ willing to go to the end Willing to go to because we want the revelation of Jesus in our lives. So I pray today, God, that first each one of us will have that connection with you. God, I believe everybody in this church has a connection, but we're at different places and different levels. They're all important because they just simply bring us to a closer relationship, a, a, a calling where you say, Come. They just draw us nearer to you. And so, whatever level I'm in today, in, in this altar, whatever level I'm in, God, I'm just I'm stepping to the next level. I want to be closer. God, I pray that as a church, in, in this new norm that we have, that the dynamic of relationship changes and connection changes, that we interact better than we ever have. That that we we have the care and love and concern. Not that it wasn't there, but that we do it on a, a more frequent basis. Taking opportunity and advantage of every chance yes there are things that happen in every one of our lives and situations and we have families all of those things but god give us grant us the awareness and ability to just interact closer with one another because we know this connection and this connection are united together the body and the head connection are united together thank you for this people lord thank you for this people in this church in this congregation i pray that every one of us today draw closer to you jesus name jesus name for more information about tabernacle of praise look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org we want to hear from you so be sure to connect with our facebook page We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.